This is Shannon Ray Davis, and you are listening to Omega Man Radio. Welcome to my world, the world of the Omega Man. Join us here for the nightly marathon, broadcasting Monday through Friday. You can find us here on YouTube, and we encourage you to report for duty. Get trained up. World of the Saints is coming. You want to be an overcomer and endure till the end. We will teach you how. We cast out devils. We command healing to the sick in Jesus' name. And we preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ to win souls for Jesus. I want to encourage you right now to subscribe right here on YouTube to this channel. Smash the like button and share a link to our live chat room to everyone you know right there on Facebook. Get them to come on out and tune in and join in the fight against the host of hell. If you'd like to support this work financially, we have a PayPal button on our website. We have GoFundMe, Zelly, even Take Bitcoin. And we thank you in advance for partnering with us. Our website is OmegaManRadio.com. One more thing before we start tonight's show. To the demons tuning in. We're coming for you, demon. No demon is safe. that YouTube video in the chat room too for you. you Hello. Brother Michael, good morning to you. Or good afternoon. How you doing? How you, how you doing? You doing okay? Praise the Lord. I'm doing okay today. Amen. Family is all right and uh, just praising the Lord one day at a time with Jesus, as my granny used to say. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I've had a good week so far. I had my latest cancer results yesterday. The lady rung me from the hospital. The cancer now is indetectable. Praise God, brother. They, That's awesome. they can't find that they can't find any cancerous cells at all. Now that is a major praise report right there, brother. I rejoice with you. Amen. Amen to that. Amen. Amen to that. Yeah, wonderful. Wonderful. We got a good program today. It's gonna be called Satan is the tempter and we're going to be talking about temptation and how Satan tempts us and what we have to do to avoid him. Folks, welcome aboard. We're excited to be here with Pastor Michael Cummins coming to you from England. What city are you located in with your church, Brother Michael? Well, uh, well London, right in the centre of London. We're in northwest London, uh, you know, not far from the centre of London. Excellent. Um, and I just want to verify because um, we've just set up a thing called the Deliverance Map. It's on my website, OmegaManRadio.com, and I'm putting links up there to Deliverance Ministries that I know. And we just right. put yours up there, uh, representing for London, so we got it right. Folks, um, Amen. check it out when you get some time, and we're going to get started. Brother Michael, welcome. Do you want to open us in prayer, and the microphone is yep. yours. 
Yes, please, and I'll pray for a couple of people then. Yes, sure. Father God in Father God in heaven, we welcome you, we praise you, we honor you. We offer up prayers of thanksgiving to you for all that you do for us every day. And today I pray that you will heal two people who both have the same ailment. Benjamin, who has Lyme's disease, he lives in the USA and it's causing him terrible arthritis. We pray that he be delivered today. He be set free from Lyme's disease and the pain from the arthritis will go immediately in Jesus' name. We pray the same for Stephen, who lives in South America who also suffers from Lyme's disease and the fatigue and the tiredness it brings. We pray Stephen will be completely delivered. We pray this now, for the word of God says, Thus saith the Lord, I have heard thy prayers, seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee. And I pray for Christina and Ariana in Sydney, Australia. And Lord, I'm... I pray for the gentleman who contacted me earlier. I can't remember his name, but I'm going to pray for him after the show. He's looking for deliverance, and he lives in Uganda, in West Africa, and I'll be praying for him later. Lord, anoint everyone today with the teaching which we're going to give today. Satan is the tempter, and we pray this now in your holy and glorious name. Amen. I say amen to that. Praise God. I touch and agree with those prayers. Brother Michael, welcome back, and the microphone is yours. Thank you very much. Uh, Good afternoon to all of you in the UK. Good morning if you're in the United States. Bless you all where you're listening from all over the world. We're going to be talking about Satan. He's the tempter. And I'm sure all of you, like me, have been tempted in life. Before I was a Christian and I was a young man, I succumbed to many temptations. And that's the job of the devil, to tempt us. When we're tempted and we succumb to temptation, we lose our joy, we lose our peace, we feel wretched. And that's Satan's job. I'm going to ask three questions before we start and we'll answer them. Why does God allow Satan to attack us with temptation. God allows Satan a certain amount of license and freedom, but God does not allow Satan to take liberties. Satan chooses to attack the servants of God. You'll find that if you don't love Jesus, you're nothing to do with Jesus or church or no faith at all in the Lord, you won't get attacked. Satan doesn't have to attack you. He's got you where he wants you. Anyone out there listening who's not given their lives to Jesus and you you find you're being tempted all the time, tempted by sex, tempted by greed, tempted by selfishness, Satan's not going to bother you at all. He's not going to torment you, make you feel bad because he's got you where you want it, where he wants you. But Christians... Especially pastors and men of God who are holy. Satan will attack them all the time. We're going to learn some lessons from scriptures now. And first of all, I want to get you to look at the book of Job. Chapter 1, verses 7 to 12. Hallelujah. Satan presented himself to the Lord. I'm going to start reading from verse 6. 
Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also amongst them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence cometh thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God, and escheweth evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast thou not made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now and touch all that he has and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. He got permission from God to attack Job. He was a righteous man. And God has tested Job. He has said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? A perfect, upright man. And you see, Satan took the challenge. God has told him, you're not allowed to stretch your hand forth and hurt him. Satan believes that if he takes away the things that Job treasures, that Job will curse God. And that's what Satan tries to do. Satan tries to get you to blame God when things go wrong. Blame God. Why have you allowed this to happen? The times people have said to me, people who have considered themselves to be good, upright Christians, I've developed high blood pressure. I've developed sugar diabetes. Why has God allowed this to happen? When people tend not to look at their habits and what they have done to cause this situation, if a man smokes cigarettes and smokes many cigarettes and he drinks heavy, there's a good chance that he will have high blood pressure. If a man eats loads of sweets and cakes and chocolates and drinks fizzy drinks, he's liable to develop sugar, by, sugar diabetes. But people want to blame God. Let's have a look down to Job 2. Satan obtains permission to tempt Job further. Verse 1, I'll start reading again. There was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also amongst them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said unto Satan, From whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro, in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, 
a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. And still he holdeth fast his integrity, although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. And Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath would he give for his life. But put forth thine hand now and touch his bone and his flesh and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thine hand, but save his life. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his feet unto his crown. God has said, you can't kill him. But Satan has smote him with boils. Now, if you've ever had boils, we tend to normally get one boil. Commonplace is the back of the neck when it's hot and our shirt collar is rubbed. Sometimes that can cause a boil. But could you imagine being covered with boils from the sole of your feet to the top of your head? It must be agony. But you see, Satan believes he can test Job and tempt him. So Job will curse God, shame upon him. Let's have a look at Second Peter 5, verses 8 and 9. Second Peter 5, verses 8 and 9. And let's see what it says. Hallelujah. We pray. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's read what it says. I'm sorry, I've given you the wrong scripture. It's my, it's First Peter 5, sorry. First Peter 5, verses 8 and 9. For it says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So many people are being tormented and tempted by Satan. Now, temptation comes in many forms. Of course, it comes in many forms. We can't blame God for Satan's temptations. As was said before, these temptations steal our peace and joy. Now, I heard a testimony the other day from a famous evangelist. She used to work with her husband. Her husband died last year. I'm not going to give you the lady's name, but she say she she said this wonderful testimony. She said she was travelling to the Far East. She was travelling to Cambodia and she stopped up stopped over in Russia on the way there and she bought some cookies. I don't know if they were chocolate cookies, what sort of cookies she had. But she bought these cookies and she had them in a bag. And when 
she wanted to take off, all of a sudden the plane was shut up and they couldn't move. There must have been some sort of security problem and people were getting very, very anxious. People were getting very, very worried and people had no food to eat and it went on for several hours and people were very hungry. And this lady, who's a wonderful woman of God, said she heard two voices. And the first voice was from the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit said, look at that old lady sitting over there. She's very scared about the predicament you're in. She'd probably like a cookie. And look at that small child over there. He's probably hungry and he's crying. I'm sure he'd like a cookie. And the Holy Spirit told her how she could distribute these cookies amongst the passengers on the plane who had been there hours and had nothing to eat and were very hungry and very anxious. Then she said she heard another voice say to her, those cookies are yours, you bought them for yourself. Let them all go to sleep. Wait a little longer, let them all go to sleep. You can eat your cookies for yourself because I know you're hungry and you bought them for yourself. That was the voice of Satan. Now, as we know, Satan is not omnipresent. Satan can't be a thousand places at once. So he sends his demons out, hundreds of thousands of demons into the world to tempt mankind. And sadly, the lady waited till everyone had gone to sleep. And then, like a thief, she sat in her chair nibbling at these cookies till she had eaten them all. And she said she felt so wretched and so rotten because she had succumbed to this temptation. You see, when we succumb to temptation, we feel dreadful after. As I said, when I was a young man, I got in with a bad crowd. I used to do bad things. I always intended to do good, but ended up doing bad because I found the temptation too much to resist, whether it was alcohol, cigarettes, whether it was women, whether it was petty crime what I got involved in. But that's the temptation of the devil. You see, another thing is, once you've succumbed to temptation, then you will feel rotten about yourself. You'll feel shamed. A lot of people will not ask God to forgive them because they feel shame. They will feel, well, God will never forgive me. He's given up on me by now. That's what the devil wants you to think. And the devil's demons want you to think this same lady she ran uh, a church and she had a youth group and she had a young man who ran the youth group and he was the life and soul of the party everyone loved him but she noticed this man had become very remorseful and sad and very quiet and one day the young man came to her and said i've lost my joy I've lost my joy. Can you help me get it back? And the lady said, where did you leave your joy? And he was very reluctant to speak to her and say anything to her. And she kept on and kept on and kept on until he gave in. And he said, I lost my joy. 
when I moved in with my girlfriend. And it was that, the sin of cohabitating with his girlfriend and obviously being in fornication, that led him to lose his joy. You see, he had succumbed to temptation. And let's read Romans 8, verse 28. Romans 8, verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purposes. You see, those who are called according to God's purposes, Satan wants to destroy them. Satan wants them to feel terrible so they walk away from God. Let's have a look at James 4, verses 7 to 8. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. So if we fall to temptation and Satan traps us, we've got to move straight away and sort this out. We haven't got to think that God is not going to forgive us. We've got to go straight to God and repent of our sins. Because, you see, Satan is the tempter. And what Satan wants is people to turn away from God. You see, sin is pleasurable. Whatever sin it is, especially sexual sin, these things are pleasurable. And if we fall to sin for a moment, maybe for a day, maybe for a week, we feel elated because we've had so much pleasure and joy from sin. But when we think what God has done for us and how little we've done for him and how we've succumbed to this terrible temptation, we will feel wretched. And we need to confess our sins. Some people have asked me before, can Satan read our minds? No, he can't. As we said, he's not omnipresent. He's not omnipotent. Satan is a being created by God as an archangel Lucifer. So people ask, how does Satan know what I'm going to do? Well, the reason he knows this, because he has hundreds of thousands of demons at his disposal. And these demons watch you. They watch your habits. If they see you going into the betting shop or into the casino and losing money by gambling, if you're a born-again believer, he knows that gambling is a problem to you. And gambling is your Achilles heel. It's the thing you're going to do that's going to get you in trouble. And Satan will try and tempt you. If you're on the internet, it'll try and tempt you into internet gambling. If you have a weakness for the fairer sex and you have a weakness for women, the demons are going to try and lure you and tempt you to look at pornography or if not pornography, photos of beautiful women. If you're 
problem is money, then Satan would love you to steal from your employer or commit fraud. You know, there's many people I knew many, many years ago when I was in the mortgage industry who bought their own houses. People who worked cash in hand, people like uh, people who run shops and nobody knew they run a shop, people who sold clothing from the back of vans. You know, these people never paid tax. And then all of a sudden they would be driving around and they'd see a beautiful house for sale that they wanted to buy. And they realized that they can't go to a lender, a bank, or anyone who would lend them money to buy that house because they haven't got no accounts, no what we call books in England. And I've known many people who have gone to corrupt accountants and they've paid corrupt accountants to produce accounts for them. So when they go to borrow the money, they put in falsified accounts and they end up owning those houses. It's a very risky thing to do because if you get caught, you would probably almost certainly have your house taken away from you and you may end up going in prison. But people are willing to take that risk because Satan has tempted him. Satan has tempted him. So we use these demons to watch our habits, to watch our lifestyles. Let's have a look at 1 Kings 8, verse 39. 1 Kings 8, verse 39. And we'll see what it says. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. The devil is a liar. And he will do anything to make us fall. That's what he does. 1 Kings 8, verses 39. Hallelujah. And it says, Then hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place, and forgive and do, and give to every man according to his ways, whose heart thou knowest. For thou, even thou only, knowest the hearts of all the children of men. Only God knows your heart. Only God can read every thought in your heart. And when we're judged, we will not only be judged on what we've said and what we've done, we will be judged on what we think. And Satan cannot read our minds. Only God can do that. So if you believe that Satan has read your mind, he's tricked you. What he's done is demons have watched your habits. They've watched what the lifestyle you live, and they've tempted you. Let's have a look at Psalm 139, verse 4. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. God knows everything. We cannot trick God. When we stand before God, we cannot say we never thought this because... It's all been recorded. Satan knows our weaknesses. And surely witchcraft and divination or any black art will pay a part in this. Because I believe demons will go to people who practice witchcraft and occultists and they will try and get those occultists to send curses against us. 
people who are at risk are married born again believers because Satan wishes to attack marriage and the easiest way to attack a Christian marriage is offered temptation to the man and to the woman. So born again believers who are in happy marriages, they're at the top of Satan's hit, hit list. Even pastors can be tempted and some pastors are tempted. I'm not going to call any names, but I'm sure you've all heard of pastors who have been tempted to commit sin. This I look at Ephesians 2, verse 2. Wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Something else we ought to know that Satan has a record of what we've done wrong. Now, once we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour, we've been justified, and the record of that sin, those sins have been eradicated. But Satan will hang on to them, and he will try and tempt us with those sins again. Like you say, if we've always lost money with gambling, all of a sudden someone will say at work, oh, there's a sweepstake, there's a raffle, would you like to buy a ticket? And that's the temptation. You can say, well, it can't do no harm. It's only a, a pound. It's only a couple of dollars. I'll buy that ticket. But that's what Satan does to tempt you. The next thing I want to ask, does Satan need God's permission to attack us? Well, we looked earlier with Job, who was a righteous man whom God had put a hedge of protection around, Satan could not attack him without God's permission. But we are different. When we sin, even slightly, we open the door of our spiritual defences to the devil and we invite Satan to come in. And he or his demons will come in to attack us. For example, lust, sex, home ownership, position and power all of these things will make a man fall i told you before about the people who worked without paying any income tax it's a common thing in england it's always a problem when these people want their own property because they haven't got the accounts if you live like that you may not think there's anything Wrong. And these people come into a category, the ends justify the means. So as long as they get out of it what they originally wanted, they think they haven't done anything wrong. And as long as they've never hurt anyone. So if they get a corrupt accountant to falsify accounts for them, that they can get a mortgage with a bank or what we used to have in England, building societies, they think it's fine. I remember a man years ago I used to know. He was an old customer of mine when I was in insurance, and he was a Romany gypsy. And he had left school and was a young man, had come 18 years of age, and he got married very young, and he had a wife, and he was working in scrap metal. And he was going around with his horse and cart. That's a large cart at the back being drawn with a horse. And he was picking up scrap metal. 
and he was making lots of money having it smelted in the scrap metal yard. Then all of a sudden, he got a letter through the post. He'd been caught up for service in the army. Up till 1959 in Britain, you had what they called national service. And when you was 18, you was caught up to serve two years in the army. You may be sent abroad to a part of the British Commonwealth that was still going then. You know, a lot of the time people went to Germany and boosted up the NATO forces in Germany after the Second World War. This man was terrified. He hated the thought of discipline. He hated the thought of being told what to do. So we went to see a corrupt doctor. And he told me he paid this doctor a sum of money for the doctor to say this man was epileptic and he couldn't be called up for the army. And he went down the army recruiting office when he had to go to sign in and he gave him this letter and he was made exempt from national service and he didn't have to serve in the army. People would do these sort of things and that's the temptation that Satan will do. A lot of the time you think there's nothing wrong in it. You think there's nothing wrong in it. You may sleep with a beautiful woman. I know a pastor in North London and he went to see a woman who had business problems. A woman had a business a hairdressing business, and she was having cash flow problems. And she asked this pastor to come along and pray for her, which he did do, this pastor. He was a married man. And then all of a sudden, this woman started taking her clothes off and disrobing. And she wanted, she said, to give this man a gift before he left. And the man, who was a good man, said, I'm a married man, I can't do this. And the woman said, well, no one will know about it. No one will see us. And the pastor said, God will see us. God knows everything we do. So he walked away. So that is temptation. And that's what Satan wants to do to ruin our lives. Let's have a look at Luke 22, verses 31 and 32. This is the Lord Jesus speaking to Simon Peter. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. So we have to stand up against Satan that he will not tempt us. We know he's a liar. We know he's a cheat. And we mustn't be tempted. Now, there's famous temptations in the Bible, real famous scriptures covering temptation. The first one in the Bible is a story about Adam and Eve. Now, when I read the story of Adam and Eve, and I'm going to read Genesis 3, 1 to 5, the servant, the serpent deceives Eve. And what I find so terrible about the temptation of Adam and Eve is Adam and Eve were in paradise. They had everything they wanted. 
They didn't lack no good thing. They wasn't living in the desert. They wasn't living amongst snakes and scorpions, boiling hot days and freezing cold nights. They lived in paradise with every wonderful fruit and vegetable to eat. They had everything, but they were still tempted of the devil. So let's read it now. Genesis 3, verses 1 to 5. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, You shall not eat eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And Satan tempted the woman. Verse 6 said, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for fruit, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. See what Satan had done. Now, people will say, why didn't God intervene and shout down from heaven and say to Eve, don't listen to that serpent? Well, you see, God had given them free will, and all of us have free will to choose what is right and to choose what is wrong. And Eve made the wrong decision. She listened to the serpent. This word is used about the Garden of Eden. The serpent beguiled her. He tricked her. He was more crafty than any of the beasts of the field. And because Eve ate and then gave some of the fruit to Adam, both their eyes were open, and all of a sudden, they saw their nakedness. They wasn't aware of their nakedness before they were tempted. They wasn't aware of it at all. And it caused them to feel embarrassed. They looked at themselves, and Adam looked at Eve and saw Eve's genitalia, and Eve looked at Adam and saw Adam's genitalia. And they decided to cover up. Now, God would have revealed everything to them in God's time. But Satan had to tempt them. And by tempting them, it caused the fall of mankind. And sin came into the world. And, you know, when we think of today, 
there's more things to cause mankind to sin. There's terrible covetousness. I must have a new car, must have a new house, must have a new computer, must have a new car. And I must do all I can to get these things. There's an awful lot in the world today to tempt mankind. And mankind is led to covet things through temptation. And that's what Satan does. And Adam and Eve, well, I think it's a very poor show to see what God gave them. And all he did was trust them and give them free will. He's made it clear. You cannot eat of the fruit in the middle of the garden. You can't even touch it as you will surely die. Adam and Eve didn't live forevermore. Life expectancy came into the world. And though they lived very, very long years, they did eventually die and mankind died. And as mankind populated the world, the lifespan of mankind reduced. Sin was in the world and the spiritual battle between mankind and Satan started. We know there was a war in heaven and a third of the angels who decided to take the side of Satan were cast down to the earth. And this battle goes on and on and on. And one of the things we must do as servants of the Most High God is stand up to the temptations of Satan. Now, let's have a look at the temptation of Jesus. Let's have a look at Matthew 4, verses 1 to 11. The temptation of Jesus by Satan. Then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But Jesus answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into a holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. Jesus said unto him, it is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto him, All these things I will give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt not worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. 
Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and administered unto him. Amen. Now there is enormous differences between the temptation of Adam and Eve and the temptation of Jesus. The most obvious difference is that Jesus withstood all the temptations. And 40 days and 40 nights, we are reading about some of the temptations. There must have been hundreds of temptations that Satan put before Jesus to tempt him, to worship him. You see, Satan wanted worship. He thought he would be like the Most High. He wanted to be worshipped. But Jesus withstood him. And eventually, the devil left him. And angels came and ministered to him. Now, if you have a look at Jesus, Jesus for 40 days and 40 nights was in the desert. If you've ever been to Israel and you travelled through the desert, the first thing you will notice is a tremendous heat by day. Tremendous heat. I remember going to Jericho in a coach when I was in Israel. And I remember we got in this wonderful air-conditioned coach. And it was beautiful and cool in there. And then they stopped for us to have refreshments or if any of us wanted to use the men's room or the ladies' room. And as we got out the coach, this heat hit us. And it was a bit like having a hairdryer at full blast being held against your face. The heat was dreadful. Now, in the night, the temperature would go down below zero. So you had boiling heat in the day, freezing cold of a night. And around that desert, there would have been hundreds of scorpions with their lethal skins, their lethal stings. There would have been cobras and poisonous snakes, all sorts of insects. You would hear them going about and it would give you terrors. There would have been hyenas. There may have always been bears there. Wild animals, wolves and foxes. And Jesus had to withstand that. And now you know that Jesus is God because he withstood the devil. Adam and Eve were living in luxury. They was living in paradise. And they fell. And all they had to do was refrain from eating of the fruit of the tree of knowledge and they couldn't do it. They gave in. But Jesus stood against the devil and all those terrors on the Mount of Temptation. Isaiah 14 verses 12 to 15. Satan How can he tempt you? Jesus has defeated Satan. He can try to tempt you, but in the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Isaiah 12 to 15, verse 14. 
How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend unto heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. He is a liar. When we say the Lord's Prayer, you know, which we can read in Matthew 6, verse 13 says, Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. When we pray that prayer, and Jesus gave us that perfect prayer, he added temptation into what we ask of the Lord. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Hallelujah. Satan is a liar and he will try and tempt us whatever he can. He will deceive us. We have to be very sure that we test the spirits. Second Corinthians 11 verse 14 makes it clear. And no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Hallelujah. You see, Satan will come and he will try and deceive us. If he comes as an angel of light, it will be very difficult. That's why we have to test the spirits. Ephesians 2, verse 3. Among whom also we had had our conversation in times past in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Verse 4 said, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he loved us. Verse 5, Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you were saved. Hallelujah. You see what Satan wants to do? He wants to say that you are not saved. That the devil has sort of taken over your life. And he will supply all your needs in the future. He will supply it. Hallelujah. We don't want anything from Satan. People who have accepted the temptations of Satan, they need to repent now. Let's have a look at 1 John 2, verses 13 and 14. I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one, I write unto you, little children, because you have known the Father. I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him 
that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. We have to resist the devil and he will flee. Never give in to him. Now, people have said, another thing I've heard people say to me, why is God tempting us? Almost as if God has a hand in our temptation. Let's have a look at James 1, verses 13 and 14. Let no man say, when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. I'll read verse 15. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Verse 16. Do not err, my beloved brethren. So God is not tempting us. But we must stand against Satan. And we must never give in to him. James 4, verse 7. I'll read it again. I read it earlier. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Hallelujah. Ephesians will tell us Ephesians will tell us that we do not fight against flesh and blood we do not fight against the man who lives next door that we're fighting against Satan and his demons Ephesians 6 verse 12 says for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And then we're advised to take up the full armour of God so we can take our stand. Now, Satan tempts us in many ways. He tempts us through our eyes. When we see something in a shop window, I remember when I was young, I always used to stop in baker's shop windows and see the wonderful cream cakes that were there. I thought they were wonderful. And I looked at them. And when you look at something, all of a sudden it seems to get bigger and bigger and become more tempting. If it's food, you salivate and you look at this. Let's have a look at First John 2, verse 16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Satan wants us to look at something. When we look at it, we cover it. We cover it with our eyes. We stare. We become transfixed. And the desire of our eyes 
leads to sin. Now we know the desire of the flesh was in the Garden of Eden and the desire of the eyes. The pride of life is certainly something that Satan will use against us, the pride of life. If we sin, it will make us better. It will make us more rounded. It will make us more experienced in life. Surely a little bit of sin is good for you. A little bit of temptation does you no harm. Satan tried it with Jesus. He said to Jesus, I will give you all these things if you will bow down and worship me. The desires of the flesh. Jesus was hungry because he'd fasted, but refused to turn the stones into bread. As bread alone would not sustain his life. He needed the word of God. And after 40 days and nights of fasting, Jesus was weak and extremely hungry, but he refused this temptation. God will protect us, even if we are offered things that we really want. He will protect us. We're told in Psalm 91, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. He has said that. Satan will try everything he can to let us fall into temptation. That's why we say the Lord's Prayer. That's why the Lord's Prayer is so important to us. Many people pray, but they don't say the Lord's Prayer. I'm going to say it now. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in, as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. Hallelujah. Forgive us our sins. We're asking God to forgive us our sins and lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil or deliver us from the evil one. It's both the same. All evil comes from Satan. No evil comes from God. Hallelujah. Deliver us from the evil one. We've already said that God will give us our daily bread, so God will sustain us. So when Satan said to Jesus, tell those stones to become bread, God Jehovah Jireh is our provider. Jehovah El Shaddai is our supplier. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Say the Lord's Prayer. Resist temptation. Satan will come after us, especially if we're born again, especially if we're living upright lives. Satan doesn't want to tempt most of the people in the world. They've already succumbed to temptation. But we haven't. 
nor shall we. Hope you've enjoyed today. If you're being tempted, find the Lord's Prayer. Say the Lord's Prayer. Say Psalm, say Psalm 91. Say Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. There is nothing that Satan can give you which is worth having. No matter how much he tempts you, I wish I hadn't succumbed to so many temptations when I was a young man. I know now, and remember, it's never too late to start all over again. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be with you. May you sleep through the night and not be tormented at all. And may you wake up with joy and peace in the morning. Do not succumb to temptation. Stand against Satan. Resist him and he will flee. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you very much for listening. It's been a pleasure delivering this message to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I say amen to that. Brother Michael, what a great message today. Um, Thank you. As we're preparing to close, tell people how they can make contact with you and your ministry and uh, your services you have on the weekend and how they can support your ministry, please. Okay. Well, if you wish to contact me, my mobile number is 07469 Plus, if you ring him from abroad, the international number. Uh, also, uh, my email address is frame, F-R-A-M-E, come in, C-U-M-M-I-N-S, 123 at AOL.com. There's a Skype address there on that email and also a PayPal address if you wish to support the ministry. If you live in London or close uh, travelling time to London, Kilburn Christian Fellowship, number 2 to 4 Aldershot Road, Kilburn, London, NW6, 7LG. If you go to our website, go to Kilburn Christian Fellowship, there's all the transport links there. We have service on Sunday from 11 o'clock to 1 o'clock and then we have a short time for refreshment and then we do deliverance and healing prayers for anyone who comes. Bible study on Thursday between 12 to 2 and on Friday evening prayer intercession for 7 to 8. The prayer intercession is about all the problems of the world that we would like the Holy Spirit to enter theme with please come and see us it will be a joy to see you in jesus name my friend we love and appreciate you it is a real honor to be here with you each week and i hope people will share this program with a friend today we'll have it up here in about an hour and uh, thank you very much we'll see you next week brother god richly bless you today it was a great message thank you so much god richly bless you as well and god bless everyone may the lord be with you amen Amen. Thank you, Brother Michael. Thank you. Folks, let me save this program. And uh, coming up next, we're going to have a a broadcast with uh, David Measures. Now, we do these international programs one time per week on Wednesdays. Uh, Brother Elvis could not be with us today, but he'll be on in about two weeks. 
And then uh, every night, we have our main marathon program. That's Monday through Friday, typically at 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern. If you haven't been to my website in a while, from a computer, go over to OmegaManRadio.com. I've just put some updates on it this week and uh, a couple new features there for you. We've got all the shows that we're doing presently up on our Podbean archive, and I'm working on building the vault as we speak. Um, and I'm going to upload everything, all 10,700 shows. Okay, God bless you. Stand by. I'm going to save this program. We'll be right back. Get ready to refresh. <laughs> 